This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff, joining me as usual are Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. All right. Uh, Welcome back, Scott. Thank you. All right. Today we're going to be talking about Lost in Translation. Scott, take it away. So this is, I I don't know if I'd put this in my top 50 movies, uh, but it's definitely one of my favorite, just kind of leave on in the background. Uh, I've, I've seen it several times. There's something that's, very easy about it to, that makes it very easy to watch the, the the film has a kind of effortless flow to it uh, we want, one of my biggest complaints about any movies that I've seen over the last few years is that they just go on too long uh, there's just needless stuff and it feels like even though not a whole lot happens in the movie uh, that there's not a lot of fat there uh, it just kind of moves from one scene to the next for those that, that haven't seen the movie it I, I wouldn't call it I definitely wouldn't call it a romantic comedy. Uh, that, I think that definitely does it a disservice. Um, but it's just kind of a lighthearted, um, at times humorous, uh, never really dips into the, the sad or, or melodrama. Uh, but uh, it, would, would you categorize it as action-adventure? Mm, maybe a little bit. A little bit? Yeah. There, there is a scene where Bill Murray falls off a treadmill. So. <laughs> Help! Yeah. Uh, wait, so wait, you won't call it a, a romantic comedy because it's not romantic or because it's not a comedy? I, no, I, I'm just saying it doesn't, I think uh, as a trope or a genre, the romantic comedy um, is it's kind of its own thing now, where there's the stupid setup where the, the boy meets the girl or vice versa, and then there's a bunch of misunderstandings, and then they profess their love at the very end, and the movie's nigh unwatchable for most of it. Basically anything with Kate Hudson in it after uh, Hudson Hawk, <laughs> after Hudson Hawk, or after uh, um, the, uh, I don't wire, head sucker proxy. I got nothing. Almost famous. That's mm. almost. Yeah, pretty much anything can hurt with her in it after almost famous. So um, it, it, it's just a real simple story. That there isn't really a lot of plot points. Though the whole movie was filmed, I think, in less than a month. Uh, but yeah, it takes place in Japan. These two people are there. They're both at kind of a crossroads in their lives. And it just just filmed that it's at a, a slow pace. You you get... Not uh, a medium pace? Th- not a medium pace. Uh, you, you get Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> the, pick up the thick and chunky one. Pick yeah. up the pace. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's for you, Wade. Yeah. Get... Scarlett Johansson, uh, she's a recently married. I, young. I, yes, young, recently married. She's, th- she's in Japan because her husband is filming a music video or helping to film a music video, and she's just kind of along for the ride. So he's got to go out on vacation to all these places. Wearing underwear. Let's yes. Gloss over that fact. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, yeah. The movie starts with just a shot of, of her butt, basically. Very uh, nice. Uh, that was a reference to um, a painter. But, uh, whose work is featured at several points in the movie in the hotel they're in. Yes, the great artist, Peter North. <laughs> well, they do call him a decorator. <laughs> Jesus. I thought he was known as a spackler. 
That too. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, uh, she's there, and you know, for the first time, she's wondering about her husband and what she's really doing with her life. And then uh, there's Bill, the Bill Murray character, who effectively is just playing himself. Uh, he, he's Bob Harris, and uh, he's there to do a Suntory whiskey commercial. And two of them are staying at the same hotel, and yeah, it just—they so don't. Let me interrupt right there. So yeah, I know he's supposed to be like a movie star or a former movie star, right? Well, he's supposed to be a big, like a current, like still a big movie star. <laughs> okay, but he does pretty much walk through. I mean, I know that's supposed to be the thing you go over in Tokyo and Japan do commercials, and you're kind of an, anonymous, right? But is that true? <sighs> I don't I mean, know. Like, the only people who recognize him are a bunch of like white boys in the hotel. Like I think that's the only time he's recognized when he's in the entire we, movie. That, that's true. I mean, I guess he does go out uh, at a few points in the movie. Nobody really knows or cares who he is. But I mean, that that could very well be true. Like we we have no inkling about who is famous in Japan. Um, even even watching. Uh, oh like, yeah, I do. Ryu, <laughs> uh, uh, E Honda. Well, there you go. And Godzilla. Right. Thank you very much. Maybe this the Japanese fans were showing them respect by like keeping their distance. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe it works a little different over there with the mm-hmm. stars coming over. But I, I know um, just as a, um, an example, I watched a lot of Top Gear, and they'll have famous people on. But Boy, people that are famous in Britain, and I have no idea who these people are. But everybody in the audience knows, and obviously the people hosting it know. So I, I think it's just more of a. It, so it'd be very easy for them to come to America and us to have no idea why they might get mobbed in the in the UK. But yeah, so he, he's a big movie star to answer Jeff's question. Yeah, people just seem to be giving him a space. Or they don't know him. One of the two. <laughs> big hit, happy body. Yeah, I know. I, that's what I was, I was always wondering, if he was like kind of a washed-up star or if he was as big. And then just in, like I said, Japan, they treat him differently or they don't know who he is. So it sounds like it's the latter, you, you guys think. Yeah, it's probably more people not knowing who he is. Because okay. mm. he's clearly not a big action star. So, and those seem to be the, the movie stars that had the most success. Well, the... he's almost 80, so now he could be a big action star. That's true, <laughs> the way days. Hollywood works, yeah. yeah H. <laughs> saving, saving their worst for last. <laughs> the, uh, so he, he's there uh, for, for this commercial... And the first, I don't know, like, feels like almost the first quarter of the movie, probably even almost half, uh, Scarlett Johansson and he don't even talk to each other, they don't even meet. It's just them kind of doing their, their thing. Um, you, can, you, can, you get the impression about how lone they are and them kind of questioning what they're doing there. And then they Hello, do find the my old friend. Yeah, and, and it really is... Uh, well, uh, Scott, technically they meet in the elevator pretty early on. Do they? Well, yeah, remember, remember later on, she, he remembers the first time he saw her or whatever. Right, you're right. But they never really do anything together. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they, they finally get together, and it's kind of amazing the chemistry going on between Scarlett Johansson and Bill Murray. Um, you know, I mentioned the romantic comedy thing, and they have way more than you would see going back to Kate Hudson with, like... Matthew McConaughey or something like that. All right. Uh, all right, all right, all right. Violating. Uh, <laughs> so, and I, you know, it's it's kind of a testament to both actors. I mean, she she's, now she's doing action movies, and it's 
kind of weird, but you know, back then she kind of had this the the girl next door thing going, um, kind of ingenue. Maya ingenue. <laughs> <laughs> we need Matt here to say that. <laughs> so looking for Maya Angelou. <laughs> So they, so they meet up and, you know, they they both got time to kill and they we, we see Japan through kind of their eyes as they go around the town. And Japan, this movie does make Japan seem like a really cool place. Yeah. As in that in that movie postcard type of way. With the karaoke and the hookers. <laughs> yeah. They I mean they, they they run the gamut there. They do the they do the shabu shabu uh, they, they do go strip joint. They go to that bar and get kicked out. And the guy shoots him with the, the BB gun with the tracers, which are awesome. <laughs> I want one of those guns. Uh, yeah, it's just you know, like I said, not a lot of like plot happening. Just they just kind of go from set piece to set piece, and just kind of let them be themselves. Uh, and it, and it works. I I don't know how you guys uh, view the movie. I know there there was some backlash to this movie with my uh, eyes. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> and a lot of people will say that they really like it, and a lot of people will say that you know they really didn't like it. Uh, there there was some initial backlash to this movie. I, I kind of don't see it as being one of those. I, I, I hate to categorize anything as an artsy movie. Um, this is just it's just a real simple thing to. Um, it's more just about the, the setting. And the, and the two people more than anything actually happening. So I, I don't know if this this movie ranks at all for you guys. I like it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, I don't understand. What what was the backlash? Nothing happens. Well, I think it was like critically like well received. Yeah. So there was like all those people out there going, "Oh no, no, the movie was stupid," and blah blah blah. And... Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. And then. They had, uh, and this just kind of goes on, and they, you know, the the initial kind of uh, romance, if you will, kind of wears off a little bit, and they they actually have a small fight in the middle, which is which yeah. I really liked. When he sleeps uh, with that redhead, yeah, <laughs> and she gets jealous, and you know, they both kind of realize how silly it is that they got mad at each other. They're, they're still more or less almost almost just complete strangers. Um, you know the movie ends with them going their separate ways. What did he whisper in your ear? It's one of those things, like with the top spinning at the end of Inception. I don't, I don't think it matters. It's just, it it does not matter. I don't think it matters what he says. I think he so, said, "You got a great ass." <laughs> <laughs> just channeling a little uh, Gina there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, like uh, it. A lot of great little scenes uh, sprinkled throughout the movie. Um, I think the only point the movie really missteps is when they send the call girl up to his room. Like that, that whole scene just got awkward really fast. Uh, well, she was the top premium number one. Yeah, it's just it's weird for. He hasn't seen the movie. Uh, there, there was one scene uh, that that I. I think everybody would agree that it just <laughs> it it might have been funny on paper, but did not work. <laughs> I, I still thought it was pretty damn funny. Yeah, I don't know. It just 
Scott, did you have a bad experience? Did that happen to you? Did you have to lip them? <laughs> lip them? <laughs> I'm sorry, li lip? <laughs> lip them, lip them! I forgot about that. That's, that's part of what I'm talking about. <laughs> So, uh, I am reminded of a, a quote from Archer uh, when Cyril thinks that he's killed the hooker. <laughs> and Archer says, uh, keeps calling her hooker, and Cyril says, no, she's a call girl. And Archer tells him, when they're dead, they're hookers. <laughs> True. Words to live by. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, you, you get all the, again, the, the cool set pieces, the uh, get her and like a couple temples going around. Uh, they have the views from the hotel. Uh, Bill Murray's character goes to the Japanese game show, or the game show, to the talk show, and just super weird. Like nothing. <laughs> maybe, maybe it makes sense to the to the local audience, but watching along at home, like none of it makes any sense. Attends, 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 attends. Bill Murray the whole time just kind of smiling and nodding, and then uh, it was the the great the great scene with the commercial. I'm actually filming it, and he keeps giving him direction. The the Japanese director does not speak English, and Bill Murray is just kind of trying to do what he wants. And he, at one point, he's he's told to channel James Bond, Roger Moore, and uh, he says that uh, he he always preferred Sean Connery, who actually did do real commercials for Centauri. Yeah. Make it good time. Centauri time. Crossover moment. Whoa! What is your favorite real movie star that did a Japanese commercial? How would I know? Oh, that's easy. Charles Bronson. Yes, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Mandem. All the world loves a lover. lover. All right, mine will be Homer Simpson. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Mr. Spockle. Sure, Chief. Yeah, yeah. Chief, let's talk. Why not? Uh, for, for anybody that hasn't seen them, uh, Charles Bronson did a series of commercials in the uh, had to be the late seventies or the eighties. Mm -hmm. uh, he was alive. For I'd hope so. <laughs> uh, for a clone in Japan called Mandem, mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and they're the most awesome slash depressing. <laughs> commercials ever aired. No, they're just awesome. Anywhere. Uh, so do yourselves a favor. Uh, go ahead and throw that up on YouTube. Charles Bronson, Mandom, M-A-N-D-O-M. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> so Alex, did you have another one, or are you going with the Mandom thing? No, I'm going with Mandom. Okay. I know Arnold Schwarzenegger did one for some energy drink. <laughs> it wasn't. It was way more ridiculous than Big Hit Happy Body. I thought that was for a movie. No, that was for reals. Okay. Uh, there, there's another good one, some good one with uh, Nick Cage doing ads for some pachinko parlor. <laughs> I haven't seen that. <laughs> yeah. Those are also worth a candor. Dude, so, God. Hmm? What in the name of Zeus's butthole? Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I think that was the name of the pachinko machine. It's Catch the Fever. Uh, so that's that's basic rundown of the movie. <laughs> I, I don't know what like what what parts did 
uh, you guys really enjoy out of it? It would have. This movie would have caught me uh, by surprise if I hadn't seen Rushmore first. I mean, out of Bill Murray, because up until I hadn't really seen like too many uh, Bill Murray movies besides like Ghostbusters, Stripes, and all that stuff. And then Rushmore came along later on. I was like, holy crap, this is really good. And then um, that kind of set up like the new direction that he was heading when he made um, Lost in Translation and some of his more uh, recent work too. That is all. I <laughs> know <laughs> I liked it a lot. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot of good scenes in this movie. I, I like some of like the simple things just showing him, you know, that's a fish out of water story too. And just like him in the very beginning of right. the elevator and he's like a foot and a half taller than everybody and white, right? He just, you know, he just stands out. He gets in the shower right away and it's like pointed right at his junk because he's too big for the, <laughs> for the thing. He's, yeah, he's alone, but he kind of wants to be alone because, like I said, was when people recognize him, he just gets the hell out of there. He just kind of wants to be left alone. Um, but then he befriends uh, her. I mean, that whole relationship is really, it could be really creepy, but it's not, considering yeah. he's like 30, 40 years older than her. <laughs> yeah. Again, that's why it's, it's weird that it works so well. Yeah. Like, you ne- it never really even crosses your mind about, God, he's so much older than her. She's so much better looking, and <laughs> but you, you never think about it. it. Like you're like, yeah, they actually make a good couple. It crossed my mind, but I think the fact they don't do anything makes it like yeah. There was never that moment where it was like, oh, are they gonna you know bang at the end or not? Yeah, it's just two lonely people who you know in a different you know they were you know yeah. Like I said it was never creepy, but they never put it to that creepy. I still think they would have like one of those nights where they were hanging out in the room, and all of a sudden they would have started making out. Then it would have got creepy. I think. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Um, it would have been creepy if she would have said lip them. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> but the the Centauri commercial is awesome. Uh, him, like you mentioned him going to game show, him talking with his agent. Uh, you mentioned the treadmill when he's on there and he's just going, help! <laughs> that really gets me. And I'd be interested to see how big the the script is because there's lots of time where no one's talking it's just him sitting there looking at the bar or him on the gym or him in the spa her looking out the window um, there's lots and lots of uh, silence in this movie so yeah so Sophia Coppola did a really good job with that because uh, again yeah, nothing's happening it's just just people looking out on stuff uh, a lot of a lot of non-dialogue scenes uh, but it, it still all ties together nicely I, for me I think my favorite scene might just be the just when they're in the karaoke bar and she's singing off key with the the wig like uh, I she looked caught in that wig yeah I don't I don't think I've ever <laughs> seen I can't think of a single moment from a movie where I've liked her more I, I mean yeah like yeah she she is hot but just as like you think about as like the the girl next door and then i like bill murray uh with the shirt that he turns inside out so we've talked about bill murray a lot on this podcast um have have we ranked our bill murray movies um if not uh this might be a good time for it uh so yeah what what would you rank your just top five bill murray jesus Caddyshack, Ghostbusters, Rushmore, um, Stripes, Gar- Garfield, Garfield. <laughs> one and two. Yeah. 
Oh, that's a good question. So yeah, Ghostbusters Caddyshack, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in the hole. I don't like any of the Wes Anderson movies, so... What? Really? You're crazy. I know, I'm in the minority on that, but don't like him in those. I mean, he's probably alright, but I... The two that I've seen, I don't remember anything, and... Is there? There's tons of you stuff. Didn't, you didn't like Rushmore or Royal Tenenbaums? Nope. I know, sacrilege. What about the amazing Mr. Well, so I'm not saying it's sacrilege, but... Sacrilege. I could see like some of those other ones, like uh, Steve Zissou being hard to watch for some people. Uh, <laughs> Life Aquatic. No, I didn't like or, any of them. Or Moonrise Kingdom, but... Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to cheat and pull up... Murray's. Hey, why are you doing that? Uh, say, you know, Ghostbusters, Caddyshack, uh, this. Um, What's this? Oh, Groundhog's no, Day. No, oh. this. Okay, <laughs> Groundhog's lost Day. In, lost in translation. Lost in translation. And that's tough. After that. Uh, so, uh, we've already done like so Razor's Edge Little Shop of Horror Scrooge Ghostbusters 2 Quick Change What About Bob Groundhog Day uh, Ed Wood I don't remember and The Kingpin Larger Than Life Space Jam The Man Who Too Little Wild Things <laughs> Kingpin <laughs> The Kingpin was pretty good Yeah Rushmore Charlie's Angels Earlton Alone Last in Translation Garfield Life Aquatic Lost City Garfield 2 Get Smart Blah 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 Thought of his later crap. Uh, Zombieland. That was a brilliant cameo. Bill fucking Murray. So I don't know. I would put my top three easily. Like they probably surpass everything. Would be Caddyshack, Ghostbusters, and Groundhog's Day. And then after that, I think maybe the top of the second tier would be Lost in Translation. And then I don't know what from there. That's me. Mm-hmm. You guys agree? <laughs> yes. It's <laughs> yeah, pretty solid. <laughs> um, so back to the movie what about Bob like <laughs> no huh. just yeah that whole just running around through Tokyo and they're going to the our cool like Japanese arcades and it just seems like a giant futuristic playground and they're like one thing I thought was weird is like at one point they cut through an arcade <laughs> like it's kind of like they're on one street they go through the arcade they're up on another street which you never really see out here like that it was a minor detail, but it seemed weird. Or it could just be, like, bad editing. <laughs> and it came out that way. Well, I, I think we're so used to living out here where everything's horizontal. Yeah. Like, in a vertical city, there's probably a lot of things like that where you mm-hmm. exit out into some little side street or alley uh, where everything's just a goddamn parking lot. Mm-hmm. So, um, as you mentioned, the strip club and that goddamn song. Sucking on my titties or whatever. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. That's a good song. Uh, the impromptu uh, conversation that he has with the the old Japanese man when they're at the hospital. And uh, I don't remember that. It's it's, it's all ad libbed. Did he was that a man or, you? or a girl? It was a man. It was an old man. Sure about that? Yeah, I'm pretty man. sure. <laughs> you could see the, the Japanese people in the back laughing. Yeah, there's definitely ladies in the back that were laughing. And I, I thought that was a girl this whole time, an old lady. 
<laughs> Whatever it was, it was old. <laughs> I think it was just a big cricket. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Um, yeah, I don't know, the karaoke... I, I want to go to one of those karaoke bars that are like a big circle like that, a cylinder. Yeah. Um, which we've kind of been to like one of those Korean ones where you have your own room, which I always think is much cooler than bugging everybody else with your terrible singing. And speak for yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am. I don't like listening to other people terribly sing. Um, yes, you're so, right. We should go to past memories. <laughs> yeah. So Scarlett Johansson, this is the first movie I think I've seen her in. Besides, like, I know she was in stuff as a, as a kid, like the Tarantula, the Spider movie. What, Arachnophobia? No. Um, Spider-Man? Attack of the Spiders or uh, Eight-Legged Freaks? Eight-Legged Freaks, yes. I, I never saw that movie. Yeah. The was... only thing I remember seeing her in before this was uh, Ghost World. I didn't see that either. Never heard of it. Okay. Did so, it have ghosts? No, it actually uh, had no ghosts. I knew it. <laughs> it did. So it was kind of the antithesis of this movie. So in this movie. There's a believable romance between uh, Bill Murray and Scott Johansson. In Ghost World, there's a super creepy romance between Steve Buscemi and Thora Birch. Well, Buscemi's going to be creepy with anybody, so... Even even for, for this, though. That's a good romance. <laughs> I'm sure glad I called that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is it safe to say this movie's, like, launched... Scarlett Johansson or no? Uh, Jesus. I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Avengers launched her career. Yeah, I, this is probably the first time she ever got any real uh, critical acclaim. Yeah, I, I doubt A-Legged Freaks. <laughs> yeah. It was putting up for Oscars. Uh, so, like, right after this, she did the, the girl with the pearl earring. Earring. Gosh. Not, oh. not. <laughs> <laughs> Other than a necklace, I want to see that movie. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned Sofia Coppola, the best actress in the world. She got out on top. But <laughs> yeah, seriously, Shiva's age. Talk so, about creepy romances, also. <laughs> so I was watching. It wasn't the documentary. It was maybe it was a documentary interview, and she was talking about how you know this was an independent movie, and how did she get Bill Murray? to be in this it's kind of a funny story in that um she asked her dad who's obviously francis coppola <laughs> and he's like no i don't know him but um you know so you know i know people who might know him and so she actually he gave her um robert de niro's number who obviously he worked with and so she called up robert de niro she's like hi i'm you know i'm sophia i'm sure she he probably met her when she was a little girl and everything and she's like i'm doing this movie and i was wondering if you could help me out and he's like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever, you know, thinking that she was offering him a role. And he's like, do you have Bill Murray's phone number? She's <laughs> like, that's like the weirdest call ever, that you're calling Robert De Niro, who will probably be in this movie, and you're like, nah, nah, give me uh, Bill Murray's number. And it makes you, makes you think, what would happen if Robert <laughs> yeah, De Niro was cast been... instead of Bill Murray? He just starts yelling at the, gonna meet me. <laughs> yeah. In Tokyo, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. 
I, don't know, I always thought that was a funny story. <laughs> and that, you know, arguably the great, one of the best actors of our generation. <laughs> it's like she just called him up for a phone number, not to be in the movie. Funny. Well, when, when your dad's Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> I don't have any doors you can open with that. With that. Uh, yeah, my dad directed The Godfather 1 and 2 and Apocalypse Now. Oh, really? Uh, I thought he just made one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to need a favor. And three. She, she, she doesn't mention three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, my dad didn't direct it and I did not be in it. That wasn't English. Anyway. Mm-hmm. 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 Wow. I'm cheating and looking at Scarlett Johansson's IMDb page. And yeah, she made It Like Freaks and then Lost in Translation. Oh, wow. That's a big after, time. Yeah. And then after Lost in Translation, she made like a bunch of other stuff that I just don't recognize. Uh, well, she was in the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. There you go. She was in the island, right? That's probably another big movie for her. Uh, Michael, uh, yeah, Michael Bay. Yeah. That is the next movie that I saw. That movie is freaking terrible, by the way. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Some some slightly related trivia. Uh-huh. Uh huh. She was also in this movie called The Perfect Score, where she was uh, the main love interest with one Chris Evans. Ooh. They played high school students. Oh, and you. Were, only to be reunited years later as Captain America and Black Widow. Wow. Yep. Mm-hmm. And also, Darius Miles was in it. Who's that? Who's that guy? He's a basketball player. Oh. I thought... Uh, my, that's what I don't know him. Oh. I thought he, like, built the T-1000 or something. <laughs> no, that was... That's mild th- dice. Th- no, that was oh. Darius... No, Jeff, that was Darius Rucker. Nice. No, that's Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> is he is he Hootie, or is he the Blowfish? No, it's Hootie blows fish. I don't oh, know. I don't know. Troy McClure. Come on, Troy McClure. All right, sounds like we're uh, winding down here. Um, anything else? Uh, yeah, I would just say I don't. I do like this, and this is one of those movies that maybe when I'm falling asleep, I can put on because there isn't. It's just, it is like it just nothing happens, so your brain can turn off. And I don't know why I like it because, as you said, nothing really happens. But Scarlett Johansson is really hot, and not only that, I think she's a good actress. And Bill Murray is Bill Murray, so I think that's why. If you didn't have those two actors, probably wouldn't work for me anyway. Right? Yeah. It's just um, I don't want to say it's a perfect storm, but yeah, they they managed to put all these pieces together. They just clicked. wait. Whoa. That was no Clooney. movie. No movie could be as good as this Perfect Storm. Okay. Clooney. Clooney wasn't in that, was he? Clooney isn't it he? The... He's one of the. He's like the boat captain in the Perfect Storm. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I would, I just whenever I think Perfect Storm, I just think of a uh, Shooter McGavin. Just say the Perfect Storm. <laughs> All right. Yep. All right. It's time for Neom News. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. All right. I don't have much news um, or anything really. Um, there was just, I just did see. Yeah, I saw something that was just kind of cool. Not really news, but uh, with the Super Bowl coming up, I guess Chris Evans and um, Chris Pratt. Yeah, are both big football fans. Chris Pratt's uh, Seattle. I almost said a Mariners fan, a Seahawks fan. And Pratt is, or and Evans is a, a Patriots fan, and they both bet each other. Basically, if I win, you have to come dressed as your character and visit the children's hospital, and vice versa. 
So that would be really cool. And I think I heard someone else mention that. No, most likely these guys are so good that they'll both go to each other's places no matter who wins and be cap. And Do you think Chris Evans is going to be a dick and dress as Johnny Storm? <laughs> no, because he <laughs> said Captain America. He didn't say <laughs> Chris. Chris Pratt did actually have a, a funny line because they were kind of having the pseudo Twitter war over yeah. who was going to win the game and. Chris Pratt said, there's only one real Captain America. His name's Russell Wilson. Whoa. Whoa. And then the bet was on. And the only other news, it's not even news because I can't report on it, but that uh, I guess George Lucas is, like, upset that he gave him a bunch of ideas for Episode 7, and they said, no, we're not going to use any of that. (laughs) So, Uh, George, like, part of me is, like, a little... Upset? I mean, I don't know. I mean, George Lucas made three bad movies. He also made three awesome movies. So, if they're just totally treating him like crap, that's kind of shitty. I don't think they're treating him like crap, but... Um, so, maybe, I don't know. Maybe they tweaked his ideas. Yeah, well, the way he said it is that they didn't use... They threw everything out. So. Well, if, it, that's the turkey neck talking. <laughs> it's just why like... Would he, why would he lie, though? I mean... <laughs> whatever, I just... You know... What the is your obsession of... with the turkey necks, Alex? <laughs> hey, just, don't I, answer I, that question. I'm fascinated, I don't I'm fascinated with what I fear the most is going to happen to me. Okay. So, so is it like one of those situations like in Beverly Hills, Cops th- Beverly Hills Cop 3 where somebody gets cut off from the ride by Axel Foley and they're left standing there going, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Or okay. getting afraid of a banana in the tailpipe. Okay. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's my news. I think, like I said, eh, I hope they're totally not being dicks. And you know, Disney is still not you know the greatest company ever. They're known to dick people out of shit. So that's mm-hmm. the only thing they're doing good with I, Marvel. So I, I can collaborate that corroborate your evidence there, Jeff, because I was at Disneyland uh, a week a couple weeks ago, and the churros are four dollars now. <laughs> and you have the measles. If if, if and I super I have super <laughs> measles now. <laughs> yeah. Do you have to pay for those as well? You just stand in line for the measles attraction. <laughs> I actually got a fast pass for it. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, that's my news. Still to cover parking. Jeebus H, seventeen dollars. Four dollars for about... churros. Four dollars for churros. Yeah, let's not talk about parking at Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> Never forget. Never forget. <laughs> All right, Alex, any news? Yeah, I got a rather personal tidbit where uh, new footage of un- an unreleased Justice League game has been uh, leaked. Did I say it leaked too many times? Nope. Well, same whatever. You. And I actually worked on this game, and it was a, it was, <laughs> it was like a whole thing. The transitions of this. It, People just, you know, see the footage and they don't know the whole story. So I'm going to set a little bit of re- what legally I can set straight. But um, we we started, it, it was Double Helix, and uh, we started working on a Justice League game with, you know, the whole roster and everything. And then Warner Brothers said, oh, well, we're making a Green Lantern movie. Why don't you just keep making the Justice League game, but just make, you know, Green Lantern, the main character. It's like one of his stories. Okay, fine. And then we're trucking along. We changed, like, the whole direction of the story of the game. And then after a while, Wonder Brothers is like, you know what? Just cut the rest of the Justice League out. Let's just make it a Green Lantern game. <laughs> so <laughs> so this is 
pretty rare footage. I don't know how it got leaked. Uh, but it's online, and it, it shows the arena fighting portion of the game, but there was also, like, a single-player campaign where you could pick uh, missions to go on and pick what Justice Leaguers to take on those missions. So it, it wasn't just an arena fighter. But, yeah, you can check it out. All the clips are on YouTube. <laughs> One of the ones I'm looking at right now is uh, Bane fighting Bizarro <laughs> in the arena. It's pretty funny. It's some early footage, too, of the game. It's not close to what we had before it got cut. And then, like, once the movie that came out, they're like, no, put everyone in but Green Lantern. <laughs> now. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Is there any way you can make this movie without this game without Green Lantern? Because we made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Well, like, that, the way that stuff usually works is you... Unless they came to you originally asking for the Justice League game, you still should have been able to make the Justice League game. Like, I, I guess it all depends on how it's licensed. Yeah. If, if, if like, you went to them and said, we want the licensed Justice League, then they can't say anything about it. But if they came to you, man, that always sucks. Yeah. They, they, they made the call. They had to make the call. Bye. Yeah. All right. But anything else? Check out the footage. All right, Scott. All right, just got a few things. Uh, the cast of the new Ghostbusters was released today. I saw mm. that. Yeah, so, well, uh, maybe I should bring that up real quick. Um, so, it's the all-woman uh, version. Uh, it's not a remake as far as I can tell. Um, so, it's not like they're just going to have the, the female version of each of the original characters. Um but the cast is going to be uh, Kristen Wiig, uh, Melissa McCarthy. Uh, I'm a little leery of that. I, I mean, um, Melissa McCarthy can be very funny, but I just hope they don't you have her do just slapstick, like fart jokes, through the whole movie. I hope they give her a little something more to do than that. Um, and then they also have a couple of other SNL people, uh, Leslie Jones and Kate McKinnon. So we'll... We'll see how it goes. Um, I don't have really opinion one way or the other about how this is going to go. I know um, I thought Bridesmaids was funny. It made me laugh. So hopefully this will be uh, amusing. They should um, hire the guy who played the cop in that movie to be the um, to play Annie Potts' character. <laughs> Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. He's, like, he's, he's Scottish, right? <laughs> we got one. Oi. Get us bosses. What do you want? See, I can't even do it. Never mind. <laughs> Crikey. <laughs> Crikey. Hello. Hello, Governor. Hello, Governor. Yeah, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. Just like, just, you know, it's not going to be Ghostbusters. There's no way, but. Yeah. At this mm-hmm. point, I think this is the way to do it, though. Like, uh, let's not trudge out. The remaining cast members and do some half-assed whatever, you know, kind of try to make it its own thing. <clears throat> Indie four, yeah, because it's still, you know, I'm not, I'm not opposed to using that idea, that IP. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. Intellectual property. Yes. Uh, moving along. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the Fantastic Four trailer. Yeah. It uh, didn't look did. completely horrible. Didn't look completely 
good either. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, I I like Kate Mara. I like Miles Teller. They didn't really show them to any of the actors. <laughs> Is he related to Miles Dyson or no? No, that's you're thinking of Miles Davis. If your pants is cool, then just call me Miles Davis. <laughs> What's that the, the, damn Sasquatch? <laughs> Wait, did Miles Dyson invent the turkey or or the, I mean the chicken or the vacuum cleaner? Is he he invented, it was he invented the vacuum cleaner. Okay. He got the design from the Terminator arm. Yes. That's why it's the most powerful suction device on the market. Oi. Crikey. <laughs> uh Today that came out. Uh, it comes out in the summer. It's gonna be after. It's gonna be basically between Avengers two and the Ant Man movie, I believe. So that's in my movie news. I've got some uh, reviews for a couple of things. Um, it's fortuitous that Alex was actually talking about Justice League. Uh, I originally, recently, uh, binged through uh, Young Justice. For anybody that's a fan of Justice League. Mm-hmm. Or just kind of DC in general, uh, or the old Batman cartoons. Not old, but the, the 90s Batman. Um, or even the, the more recent Justice Leagues that they had on Cartoon Network. Uh, it's pretty good. They focus initially on the sidekicks, and they form their own team. and It's cool just to have a lot Wait, isn't that... Sorry to interrupt. Is that the same thing as Teen Titans, or no? No, it's not Teen Titans. Uh, it has a couple of the same characters, but... Uh, it's just nice to have an animated series, too, that, um, you know, it's kind of geared towards a slightly younger, more like a teen audience. Um, there is a lot of continuity. You get something out of watching the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, there's two seasons of it. Uh, I recommend it for anybody that's a fan of it. And they, it it's kind of a slightly light, more lighthearted look at the, the Justice League as well. Um, there's a lot of humor in it. It's kind of like the outside looking in at the, the Justice League. So there's some humor there if you're a super nerd. Uh, and then to go along with that, uh, another animated series that's more recent, uh, Batman the Brave and the Bold. Uh, it's really good. This is more of episode of the week type deal. Mm. Uh, but it focuses on Batman and him dealing with, like every episode has him teaming up with one or more hero and the, in the DC universe to take down some other weird villain. I mean, it's more classic Batman. He's like in the blue kind of Adama suit. Um, and it kind of goes over the whole timeline, really. You get like the new Blue Beetle, uh, but you get like the old Wildcat. If, if anybody has any idea what I'm talking about, you're a nerd, so you enjoy it. Yep, I know. Uh, but I, yeah, I recommend that as well. And then finally, Jeff, I know you keep talking about it ad nauseum. Um, if you love it so much, why don't you marry it? But I finally watched a good chunk of it, the first season of Arrow. Uh, so I've got a couple things to say about that. Oh, shit. You still there, Jeff? I'm here. Okay. <laughs> you heard I, an oh, arrow. I, 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 could so. hear you, I, I could hear you watching something again, so... <laughs> no? Didn't know how much attention you're paying. I'm just wondering, if all of a sudden you have so much time to watch this stuff, why don't you watch Walking Dead or something so we can talk about it? Yeah. Instead of watching cartoons... Yeah. No, wait, keep watching. Well, Alex, well, Alex is going to talk about the goddamn comic book, so Walking Dead is a bad example. No, but I see your point, Jeff. Okay. I, see, I, I see your point. But before you go on to uh, Arrow, have you watched the Batman Dark Knight Returns cartoon, the two-part? I don't one. so. That one you have to watch. That one's awesome. So it's based off of you know the Dark Knight Returns uh, graphic novel. Okay. 
I, I Alex, you at least watched the first one with me. I don't know if you saw the other part, but yeah. I liked it a lot. I'm not a big cartoon guy, but I really dug it. It's it's, it's not the classic voices of you know like Mark Hamill and stuff, but it's uh, it's got Peter Weller who does a pretty good job. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so. that, that was the weird thing watching these these two series because they had the all new voices. Yeah. It took a little getting used to with some of it. Like they had uh, Bruce Greenwood doing Batman. I thought he did a pretty good job. Like it, Batman doesn't get a lot of screen time in Young Justice, but I thought he did pretty good. The Bruce Greenwood is the Captain Pike from the recent Star Wars movie or Star Wars Star Trek movies for. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they had, they had some interesting choices. Like they had Brent Spiner doing uh, the Joker, and that it was kind of all over the place. Rob Lowe did uh, Captain Marvel slash Shazam. Uh, so they did uh, some interesting voices go through there. Was it uh, super awkward, Rob Lowe? Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was actually it was super creepy, Rob Lowe. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, we should have mentioned that last week. Those are uh, commercials are great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, on, on, on the arrow, um, I generally like it. Uh, not enough I, arrows. <laughs> not enough arrows. I, I like how they made him into Batman. Effectively, I, I don't know a lot of the the Green Arrow mythos or backstory, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. But they, they basically made him Batman. <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> except, 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 he, except he kills people. Yeah, he's kind of Batman that murders. Uh, no, I mean, I mean that's his character. He's a he has no superpowers. He's a vigilante, and he's a playboy billionaire. I mean, he makes his own arrows. No, yeah. no, I mean that part of it. I think it was there all along. But I mean, yeah. like whole super dark and brooding, and yeah, no, definitely. Oh, that part. Yeah, and how he's a ninja. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. So I, so yeah, I generally like it. Um, the guy playing arrows pretty decent. The there's enough going on with the the overall mystery of what's going on to kind of keep me interested. Uh, I, I do think it's funny a couple things, like just how one note the detective is. He's just a raging asshole. He's <laughs> a stupid that's, chief. Whole, yeah, just, that's the whole point. It's just to be the stupid chief on the show. Um, the, other, the other funny thing is they so he gets a sidekick, and they always have these arguments about like morality and shit, and it's all you know. Finally, the sidekick comes around, but he, the morality only seems to apply to the to the head guy. Like nobody seems to have any problem at all with the the rampant murder of all these henchmen, including the police. <laughs> but a few characters say the the guy, whoever the arrow is, is a murderer a couple times, but they they, they don't really seem to care about all these goons getting like arrows in the back. <laughs> I, I just think it's funny that nobody has a problem with that. Um, so, so you got to keep watching. That becomes a major plot point in later episodes and stuff. Little spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I'm thing... just saying it doesn't go unaddressed. I'll tell you that much. Like the the killing stuff, and then even the cheap stuff, all changes as the show goes. So, not better or worse, but it, there's a it's part of it. Right? Well, they, they do set it up right at the way or right out the bat that he is willing to kill and he will do it. Yeah. So it's not like a revelation. It's just it's easier to look at Batman as a hero because he doesn't kill people as opposed to the Green Arrow who's just, yeah, shooting people in the face. Has, uh, he, has he busted out his boxing glove uh, arrow? No. Oh. That's, the, that's kind of thing <laughs> I, I kind of miss after watching all these uh, animated shows. He doesn't have like the super cool, like, every once in a while he'll pull out like the exploding arrow or the arrow that re- can record people talking, but that's like about it. 
Most of the arrows are just arrows. Uh, you know the comic books he has a tuning fork arrow? Yeah. He's basically, his <laughs> quiver is basically the, the utility belt, the bat utility belt. Like the, the 60s Adam West where it has like shocker pound and shit in it. Yeah. Anything you could possibly think of it's in there. But, uh, and then just like some, hopefully this gets addressed to the, they never explain it. In the very first episode, he has the arrow that is able to hack into a computer and transfer funds. And, like, the very next episode, he has to take a laptop to the IT girl. How the fuck did he make that arrow? Like, well, where did IT, that come from? IT girl made that arrow. No, she didn't. Yeah, she did. And also, <laughs> I like how the IT girl turns into, like, the the chick from, like, can do anything that's scientific-related. At one point, he asks her to run a spectral analysis. Now... <laughs> I didn't. I didn't go to school for IT, <laughs> but I'm guessing there wasn't a spectral analysis class. So, um, so I will say that I don't think they addressed that thing. But the pilot in every show always has stuff that they never really, yeah, sometimes play off. I mean, that, so. that arrow is more nitpicky than anything <laughs> yeah. else. Like he could have uh, forced me to, to do stuff, but but the girl can like do anything. Felicity, uh, yeah, she pretty much can do anything. That never changes. She can hack into anything in two seconds. Yeah, she's hacking into the police stations to delete evidence. And like, <laughs> but can, once again, analysis you're, what the fuck means? You're watching a superhero show, so yeah. spectral analysis. By, there's by a the lot way, more stuff unbelievable than her hacking a computer. By, by the way, and I realize mileage mm. totally varies on this, but I every like potential love interest he comes across, I'm like. I always feel that she's so much better than the than the main love interest. Like she just irritates me. The the Dinah character. Dinah. <laughs> Dinah, my Dinah. You mean Lauren? Yeah, Lauren. Lauren, yeah. She's hot though. Yeah, but I, I'm just saying. Like, just she's just my least favorite. I can wouldn't put it that way. She's the worst actress. I'll give you that much. Uh, just keep watching because a lot of the stuff you're talking about. Happens. It's addressed. Also, I'm already, I'm already bored to death with the shit of him doing the flashback in the islands. The way the way they set it up and drag it out, like I'm hoping it comes to an end soon. Because also the the death stroke maths look goddamn ridiculous. Yes, that was just a bad idea. I will say that. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. Yeah, his costume design is not that good. It is, and then um, fresh off of God, I'm talking a lot about this show. Uh, fresh off of... It's a lot of arrows. Yeah, off of watching the other Justice League stuff. I'm now able to catch a lot of the references to things. Like, how he calls the sister Speedy. And uh, the one episode... I'm, I'm sure the kid's going to come back as a... To become a sidekick, but the Roy Harper character, who's the name of the the Red Arrow or whatever the fuck his sidekick becomes in the in the comics. His name's Roy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And other stuff. Yeah. I, I will say I'm not, not going to spoil anything, but they lots of characters um, from the DC universe get either name dropped or show up. And I think that's that's kind of cool. Like I said, it's on the CW. The acting's terrible, but I think as far as like a TV show uh, superhero stuff, I don't know. I really dig it. The Flash that's been out has been pretty cool too. So, are the name drops as bad as they are in Gotham? <laughs> no. I mean, that all happened in 10 minutes <laughs> span on Gotham. It's not that bad. Which, by the way, I haven't uh, done a review on that in a while, and I, I've officially given up on 
saying I'm never going to watch it again because I've been watching every episode. <laughs> but I still don't think it's good. I, I know. I just watch it now. And... Glow, glowing review. <laughs> yeah. Think I of the future. I think I've seen people online say like the term hate watch. That might be what I'm doing. <laughs> there are times that I really like it, and then there, but most of the time I'm just like, oh, this is awful. But then I'm like, it's Batman, kind of. Um, so. <laughs> All right. I think our Neom News section was longer than our actual episode. <laughs> so that wraps up this week. Uh, but before we leave, what are we talking about next week? Alex? We're going to be talking about... Skalix. Skalix. <laughs> One of my favorite movies as a kid. And actually, okay. I just found out that my boy Luca really loves this movie also. He wasn't freaked out at all. It weirded me out. But anyways, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. All right, cool. Well, he's not yeah. old enough to understand the whole Large Marge thing. No, not that. I mean, just that creepy clown that he ties his bike to. He's still he's still not old enough to understand why clowns, clowns are creepy. Ugh, I, know, I don't know. Just that image right there. Ooh. All right. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. I guess I should show him it. Errol! Not for sale, Francis. <laughs> so good. He never answered uh, Alex's question, Scott. Are we talking about... <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't. Well, I wasn't, can't, scene could get more awkward than this right now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was not specifically mentioning what's-her-face, but <laughs> I was just making a gag. That's all. <laughs> I Now I'm really confused. So am I. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what you're talking about, Alex. And you shouldn't. Okay. Uh, nobody should.